Hello and welcome to Sharp China. I'm Andrew Sharp, and you are listening to a free preview of today's episode. And I want to start with this question from Jonathan. He asks, "Who is responsible for administering the lockdown at the Foxconn factory? Did Foxconn make this decision and ultimately implement the lockdown itself? What role did the government play, if any?" I'm a bit confused as to what responsibility a private company has in a situation like this, or to put it another way, could the same thing happen at an Apple-owned factory in China? I imagine such an event at an Apple-owned factory would have catastrophic optics for Apple. What do you think? Oh, John, that's a great question with a bunch of different dimensions. What appears to have happened was the, you know, Foxconn and that specific factory. I mean, I think it's a couple hundred thousand people. It's a, it's massively important for, not only for Apple but, but also for the local government, the, the Zhengzhou in Hunan Province, and it's kind of its own little government in some ways. And, I, and my understanding is basically the Foxconn folks tried to control the epidemic themselves. Mm-hmm. Right, it's in an enclosed, enclosed environment. That it was first day, sort of. I mean, quite honestly, I think they were trying to cover it up, and and that's what the initial reports imply. Yeah, and, and and that they because you know when you looked at, for example, the the daily officially reported numbers of cases in Zhengzhou,、uh, they were not large,、mm-hmm. and suddenly there was this massive outbreak at this Foxconn factory, and people were you know jumping fences. You we probably you know. Saw the videos. They're jumping fences. They're running away because it's because it's, it's there's an outbreak and it's become so restrictive in the factory. Those cases were not did not seem to have been reported in the official Zhengzhou、uh, municipal statistics、um, before the lockdown. You had the,、um, the I forget the exact name of the district it's in. It's like an airport zone. It's some sort of a bonded zone. You had the the folks responsible for that. They went in. Then basically they shut. They they locked down that zone. Mm-hmm. Because I think there, there was the risk of it had become a sort of a public it had become a public opinion incident in China because there are all these videos of people fleeing and people like what the hell, what's going on in Zhengzhou,、um, but also、uh, it, it's a way to you know if there really was a larger outbreak that had been reported at this factory in this in this particular zone you didn't want it to then spread to the rest of the city. It's a city of I think it's like twelve million now or eleven million. Wow, I mean,、so、Hunan is a hundred plus million people. It's a, this is big. Yeah, and.、Uh, That's meaningful risk. So if it's a- the question, sort of, who knew? Obviously, the Foxconn folks knew. Did Apple know? I mean, I kind of believe that Apple knew, just because I think they have people who monitor those factories. They can't not know. And, and I mean, so, it's, it's too important but, to their. But、business. Apple is doesn't. I mean, one of the reasons they work with Foxconn is they don't have their own own factories in China. Yeah, they can they can outsource everything. That was、right? my understanding.、Right. That was and, my reaction. Yeah, to, not to, just to outsource. The guy, the getting the phone, they outsource a lot of the hassles and a lot of the the optical potential optical problems,、mm-hmm. and so、um, you know where are we now? I think that they're、um, if they haven't already, they're they're close to、uh, re- sort of ending the lockdown around the factory,、mm-hmm. and but it clearly had an impact on Apple's production. Exactly, yeah, and you know I think this is a bigger issue. For Apple is that the、um, you know they have such a heavy reliance on the, for、uh, their supply chain has such a heavy reliance on China. You know Tim Cook built his career really building that supply chain,、mm-hmm. and 
now this is the second time this year where they've had a pretty significant production impacts due to COVID lockdowns. The first was around Shanghai. And this is arguably more concerning. I mean, iPhone production is a crucial element of their business. And that was all brought to a halt over the last week. And, And I think the company was... You know, through the Trump era, through the increasing te- trade tensions with China, they really felt like they could navigate between their, you know, their their work, sort of influencing the U.S. government, mm-hmm. trying to influence the PRC government, working with the PRC government. They were able to be fairly insulated from from the um, oh yeah direct impacts of the trade war. COVID, they can't control, and so this is, I think, caused a bit of a scramble. To, just, to basically say, well, what do we do? Because the problem is China now is unreliable. This is twice in seven months where they've had delays in production because of these these COVID lockdowns. And again, for all the hope over the last week or so that somehow these lockdowns are going away, it's still not clear when that is. And so it's not clear that this is going to be the last Apple supply, yeah, COVID-related supply disruption for Apple. Well, what's mystifying to me is, I mean, they were very effective at lobbying on both the U.S. front and the China front during the the trade wars of the Trump years. At the same time, I mean, I just don't know how you can do business in that country without interacting with a lot of government officials who raise red flags about like what the future might look like and, and not take steps to diversify well, and sort of mitigate your I mean, risk. I mean, Apple, Apple is arguably the most exposed American company in China because not only is it, you know, has a massive supply chain reliance, it's also 20% or so of its revenues is selling into China yeah. and Hong Kong. And, you know, they employ a lot of people in China. The Chinese government has been very nice to Apple. I mean, they've made some demands and made some requests, but well, in and, general- and Apple has been nice to the Chinese right, government. Right, no, in general, in general, they've, they've, there's a symbiotic relationship there. So Apple, for, for all the talk over the years of how the Chinese might re- retaliate over some of the various sanctions and tariffs and whatever from the U.S. side, you know, there's always, the, oh, maybe look after Apple, but they never touch Apple because Apple really is, um, at least so far they haven't, because Apple, it really employs so many people. Yeah. And, and, and messing with Apple would destroy would, a, a, a lot of the confidence in welcoming foreign investment that they've been trying to project i think yeah so so apple sorry so apple um again apple could kind of skate along even during the trump era because they could figure you know there was reasons why apple was needed to be in china right and there were reasons why they were able to get a lot you know basically be successful there covid changes that the problem for apple though right is is it's not just they assemble stuff in foxconn or they have these foxconn facilities and in China is all of their suppliers or most of their suppliers are Chinese too. And so even when they go to Vietnam to say, make the AirPods or maybe they make the iPads in Vietnam or, or India to make some of the models of the iPhones, the Chinese suppliers set up factories next in India too, or in Vietnam too. So they still have, so if there's some sort of problem with the top level of supply chain in China, they're still going to have a problem. It's almost like that's the, the optics right now. It's like, okay, we're going to shift 20% of our iPhone production to India and they want that to be the story, but all of the components in the iPhone are still made yeah, in, so, in China. Yeah, so, so I mean, if, as long as, you know, it, it, you're not probably going to have a lockdown at a factory in India because of COVID, but you, you still have the risk of, the, yeah, the, if, if one of your component manufacturers is in a place that gets locked down. So, so it's, 
Apple's a really, really long way from truly de-risking or, or reducing the China risk in its supply chain. The problem is it's going to take years and billions and billions of dollars if they can even do it. I mean, I think ultimately they can do it. They can build the iPhone. They can build, you know, they, but it's, it's, it, they built an incredibly expensive, complicated yeah. system that is really hard to imagine it can be fully replicated in any other country in the world. Well, they have so much savvy. Tim Cook in particular exhibited so much savvy in navigating government relationships and and understanding what's best for Apple's business. And it just strikes me as odd that there wasn't some sort of recognition that what would be best for Apple's business is to sort of spread out the risk where possible. They've done too good a job building the supply chain in China and the business in China. And it's just too really hard and expensive to switch. And so you keep and going. And it's turned them into it, the most successful yeah. company in the I world. Mean, it's made so. them all incredibly wealthy. And, you know, so, so you keep going until you can't. And now I think they're at the point where like, well, maybe we, it's, it's a little scarier now. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the other thing where Apple, where the, the, I think they pushed things a little too far on the China bit. The New York Times had a story this week. Um, it's been talked about before, but there's a pretty good t- story in the New York Times this week about um, Apple, trying to use, well, there's a story about Apple in China and the New York Times, I think it's New York Times, but they talk a bit about this. Apple was going to start using this as a supplier for some of the flash memory, this YMTC company. And um, YMTC is now going to, you know, most likely, it's it's not a company that the U.S. government wants U.S. companies to work with. Right. And so Apple started getting pushback. They said, okay, we're only going to use it for phones in China. Now, now they're sort of like, they're not going to use them. The problem for Apple, though, is I think they they were actually they helped you know they have to get certified to be able to do an iPhone. So Apple has to do a lot of work with suppliers to get them up to speed. So Apple had to do a lot of work, is my understanding, with this with this um, flash memory uh, manufacturer to get it up to standard for uh, to be an Apple product, which means they helped them learn a lot of things. Yeah, right. And they helped them recruit. And they helped them recruit. And and so now that's the kind of thing where. you know, that is going pretty squarely against what the U.S. government wants in terms of technology transfer learnings um, to China. And so I think I think Apple has known for a while that this could be controversial, but the, but it was really cheap. You know, they find they're pretty good mm-hmm. at finding these suppliers that actually are effectively, you know, some state back, stay subsidized. Yeah kind of desperate so apple can squeeze 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 and so they can get the lowest price and then that squeezes that squeezes competitors globally because they can get the you know they can they can force the lowest cost producer in china and so this ymtc thing i think actually has not fully blown up yet in apple's face but i think that it could cause them some more problem because this was a i think a miscalculation in dc at least where they really thought they could sort of lobby their way through these problems mm-hmm. and it turns out that this one is actually not it's not going to go the way they want it to go it doesn't look like right that's that's the long-term risk just to be clear as as far as i can see it's not necessarily the temporary threats posed by covid lockdowns but long term if the relationship between the u.s and china deteriorates it it could just be untenable to maintain some of those well i think you know and and so covid covid again i think has acted as a forcing mechanism for them to to really start thinking, okay, there are some real risks here on the supply chain that we have to deal with. Not just that we have risk, but we'll just sort of pretend they're not going to, we'll be able to navigate them. I mean, obviously the other big risk is we've talked about in previous uh, podcasts, previous episodes is just what 
I think a lot of corporate boardrooms now are talking about, which is Taiwan. Yeah. Because of what happened with Ukraine and because of, you know, the way the things have, es- things have, so the rhetoric and some activities have escalated this year, especially on the Pelosi visit at that it, it's really, at some point, you know, corporate boards have fiduciary responsibilities. At some point, you can't credibly say we didn't think there was we didn't we didn't factor in the risk of something catastrophic happening around Taiwan. Yeah, and and the Taiwan. I mean, the, the biggest. I mean, I mean, it's hard to say because everyone loses if there's a, a crisis over Taiwan. But Apple would be totally screwed. Well, and Apple would have been screwed if they'd been making iPhones in Russia this entire time. Right. I mean, they that would right. not have continued. So so this year, again, this is this year, you know, the year of all these risks and things exploding literally and figuratively. I think this is the year where Apple has no choice but to take a much harder look at how they reduce their supply chain reliance on China. All right. And that's the end of the free preview. If you'd like to subscribe and receive full episodes of this show, you can do that in two ways. First, you can go to Sinicism.com and sign up for Bill's newsletter, which will also give you access to all of our Sharp China shows. Or if you want to receive all our Sharp China episodes, along with daily analysis of the tech business from Ben Thompson, several other podcasts about technology, and more shows that we'll be adding in the months to come, you can click the link in your show notes and subscribe to Stratechery Plus. 